Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top-rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. He's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, property manager, and residential broker who's worked with clients from all over the globe to help achieve their real estate goals. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Here is your host, Landon Witt, with this week's Daily Market Update. Right, welcome to episode six of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Got an exciting guest today, Rachel Taylor, who used to be executive director of the Western Avenue Association from April 2015 to August 2017 in Oklahoma City. For those of you who have not had an opportunity to visit the Western District, uh, it's one of the largest districts in Oklahoma City, and it stretches from, I think it's 36th all the way up to Class and Curve, uh, about a three-mile stretch. Uh, and now, currently, she works for a national company uh, who increases districts in other cities. She's doing a lot of good work on the West Coast, so that'll be good. Uh, you can hear that interview uh, as we discuss what it takes to create districts. My name is Landon Witt. I'm license number 174290, brokered with Metro First Realty. On the market news this week, we have not too many changes. 164 homes were sold last week, 165 this week. We are going the right direction. Average days on market last week was 34. This week, we're 35. So a little slower. Nothing to be too concerned about. For the homes today, un- this week, under 500K, I have a special home I'd like to bring up uh, because it has... A very successful Airbnb already in it. That's going to be 1325 Northwest 20th. It's listed for 429.9 at this moment. Has a completely finished out kitchen. It's been redone. It's a two-story, really like a, a Cape Cod kind of feel to it. Um, really a lot of um, unique touches going on here. A lot of woodwork that's been kept the same, but then a lot of white uh, throughout the home, just giving it a very pure look. But open concept throughout for most of the home. Um, You've got uh, a kitchen there that's got one of the large dedicated vents over the range so you can really get some serious cooking going on there but again the exciting thing about this home is that it has the detached garage with the finished out uh, airbnb that again is is a very successful airbnb that lots of guests have stayed at it's got five star reviews that may be something you want to look at 1325 northwest 20th 
For the homes under 200,000, I want to draw your attention to 2917 Elmwood Avenue. If you're looking for an extra space in the home for a creative type or a children's area, um, this home has a secret compartment above the garage that you go up a very narrow, you know, steep staircase into this little lounge area that's got built-in seating and a built-in desk. Uh, And they've done a good job of making it a fun little creative space up there. Uh, It also has a garage or a shed in the back that's been finished out with some lighting and plenty of wall plugs for a workshop or an artist space or something like that. And again, for something like this in the price range of 109, It is a two-bedroom, one-bath, so that may be a stopper for some folks, but again, you've got a lot of extra space for those that maybe don't need the three-bedroom, so exciting stuff. On the market news this week, I want to draw attention to Scissortail Park. Scissortail Park is a 70-acre project that is currently under construction just southwest of the Chesapeake Arena. It is right up against where the Convention Center and Omni Hotel are being constructed and uh, set to open in 2020. Um, This Scissortail Park, again, is 70 acres. Um, It's got a huge water feature uh, in it, and it's going to have soccer fields, uh, seasonal fields like that convert uh, for different sports, uh, as well as uh, what they're not calling a splash pad, but it is interactive fountain is the new term for the splash pad because it's a really big splash pad. So an interactive fountain there, lots of trees. I mean, if you look at the, some of the sketch work, you can look on uh, just Google Scissor Tail Park. You'll see uh, some of the layouts. There's actually a uh, 3,000 square foot restaurant and a gift shop kind of thing that they're building on the north side. And they actually just announced this week who's going to be moving in there, at least the first go-round, and um, that's going to be Fuzzy's Taco Shop, Texadelphia, 747 in Norman, uh, is going to, they've come to an agreement uh, with the Oklahoma City to operate the cafe in the under-construction Scissortail Park, so uh, you can look forward to those restaurants being there. Again, great architecture, going on i mean just really creative building design there so awesome stuff well um i want to get into this next guest we did take a long time during the interview um so i want you to listen to it she came in via skype uh she was actually in northern california we were having a bit trouble keeping a a good signal but uh listen in enjoy it um again here's rachel taylor previous director from 2015 for two years uh, in Oklahoma City helped create what is now the Western District. Um, so, Rachel? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, the Western District existed before I did, but um, <laughs> I, um, you know, I started out, uh, I moved to Oklahoma City back in 2012, uh, and I knew absolutely no one. 
Um, and part of the beauty of Oklahoma City is just the connectivity of, of the community. It's just, um, you know, everybody knows everyone and everybody's willing to help everyone. And that's kind of how I got started in Oklahoma City. I just, you know, met one person who introduced me to another person and my life um, sort of just took the turns and twists that it did. Um, and uh, I, I had a small business at one point in the Plaza District. And um, as a small business owner, um, first time small business owner, it was really um, something, you know, eye opening for me. I put all of my heart and soul into that. And when we were no longer to, we were no longer um, able to maintain the business um, and we had to, we had to let it go. It really, um, it really hurt. And I saw that it, it hurt my business partners and it was really sad to um, kind of admit defeat. And, um, at the same time I had started working, um, I had started working with some, uh, other, like with a web developer and working on some of their projects, just kind of helping out. And Western Avenue was one of them. And, um, when it, when it became time, uh, for the executive director to, to move on, she was moving on to another, uh, nonprofit. I had been working um, on Western Avenue with their events and, and marketing and whatnot. And um, they, uh, they asked me to take over as director. And I think that, you know, part of it is I was really, you know, connected in the community and knew a lot of the, the people and the things that would need to get done. And part of it was that I uh, really had a feel for um, what my job would be. And that was to promote, um, these small business owners and really promote the community. And, um, I felt it kind of deep down in my bones that that was something that I needed to do. Cause I did not want another business owner to feel the way that I had felt in losing my business. And I really wanted to, um, contribute back to them in the best ways I could, you know, the way that I thought that I could do it. So that was kind of what, what drove me. And, you know, frequently throughout my um, position with Western Avenue, there were lots of times where we had wins, you know, we had, we had um, things that Western Avenue had done that had bettered the community. And it was just these obvious moments. And that was really that, that thing that kept driving me forward and, and doing what I was doing. Mm, now, now when we talk about districts, right. What, you know, for maybe somebody that doesn't understand the, the infrastructure of a city or, or, or even what a district is, how does a district play into a business's success? Um, so, in, you know, districts are varied. Um, and that, that's really something that I've learned now in my, in my second career here in California. A district like Western Avenue is a property-based district. It's a, it's a place-based location, usually only um, a couple blocks in size and includes anywhere from, you know, 50 to hundreds, um, even thousands of businesses. Uh, when you talk about some of the larger cities, they have really, really large districts. Um, and so the way that, that districts operate within a city, um, they're actually all nonprofit. They are not, um, they are not, uh, government funded. Although in Oklahoma city, there are a few that are, that are government funded, um, that are city funded actually. But, uh, as far as Western Avenue goes and a few other districts in, um, Oklahoma city, those are actually funded by the property owners themselves. 
so um, a district is a, is a business improvement district. And what that means is that um, either the property owner or the business owner has an assessment cost um, into the district. And that creates um, a stable funding source that is not um, affected by like any jurisdiction, city or state or county. And so they are then able to use that money to services to the area, um, effectively improving the services to the property owners themselves. So that's kind of how a district works. And many of them in Oklahoma City, they all work together to improve the city at sort of a, a grassroots level. So it it almost feels like it's it's in a sense like a HOA basically for commercial. Um, it, it, there's a lot of similarities there where um, everybody kind of helps or contributes, and then all kind of reaps the benefit of keeping that area nice and healthy and and clean and organized uh, to where business can can be conducted. Is that yeah. is that a terrible analogy, or is that is that am I onto something there? It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty similar. Yes, it is. Excellent. Excellent. So there, it seems like there's some key elements here. Like you just, when, when, when we say stuff like, oh, well, we're going to create a district and help improve business. What, what does that actually look like? I mean, what, what exactly are the steps that help that district improve the area? I mean, is it, is it the way it looks? Is it the events that we've organized? Is it the communication between businesses that help improve it? Or is it kind of a combination of everything? I mean, what are the steps that you would start, you know, to create an area? Like, for example, the plaza, who's done just a tremendous job increasing the property values of the homes around it, you know, just as a byproduct. Um, What were the, you know, what are the steps that uh, an area takes to begin that process? Well, uh, it's kind of twofold. It is it is a legal process for creating it. It's um, the, the entity that is formed is approved through um, city council or whatever uh, jurisdiction is leading over that. Um, but the you know the the things that create this sort of community is an uh, interest in the area, um, usually a, a shopping district or um, an area that, that could use services beyond beyond city services, beyond uh, state services. It's an area that could use um, some either marketing through events or, or um, what have you, and then also could use some additional services on the ground, clean and safe services. Um, and, uh, you know, even, even going as far as saying um, it helps to have somebody as an administrator of that area, like an executive director, staff person, um, somebody that is able to kind of coordinate everything around that. That is also, um, you know, uh, and that person can can advocate for the businesses, for the properties in that area as well. So if they're, um, you know, if there's somebody in place that that can can do all of that, that's huge for those businesses because then they have um, not many voices, but one stronger voice that can stand up for them um, either with the city or, um, in many situations. So it's, it's been, um, you know, it's been a, it's been a, an interesting, um, arrival of these improvement districts all over the country to kind of see them, um, bettering an area without, you know, relying on, on government, uh, money, because as we know, that's never a guarantee. Um, and most funds 
uh, meant for tourism and meant for city improvements are sometimes, you know, redirected as needed for other cities. Hmm. Infrastructure and whatnot. So, um, you know, when you have this stable funding area, from that as well. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, when I think of my, my business, right, I'm an entrepreneur myself. I mean, I think, oh my gosh, I already work, you know, I already have so much dedication to the, the company itself and what I'm running and what I'm doing that the thought that I would need to then participate in, and, uh, you know, government affairs and, and pushing uh, the district uh, would just be overwhelming. So I think that's probably pretty exciting for these businesses to know that they have someone that's representing their best interest and that they can maybe make a quick phone call to you saying something along the lines of, I, I would assume maybe if there's a pothole that's causing issues, you know, in that area and, and things like that. Is that what we're talking about? Is like like bridging the gap between the, the business owner and the policies that can actually change the environment in that surrounding that business? Yeah. I I mean, uh, among many other things, but the, the job of the district director is to, um, you know, kind of represent um, all of the businesses that are in that district and represent them on a level of what is it that you need? How can I help you? Um, and, and not just with the business owners, the property owners as well. Um, we have to keep in mind that most districts are formed through, um, the property owners, um, who may not always be the business owners. Um, and so, you know, you're, you're looking at actually like increasing, you know, property values with these districts, um, and, uh, you know, making sure that, that the area is, is a place where, um, the rest of the city wants to go, where they want to visit. And so you're creating a place, um, a place that people will want to, um, you know, spend their spend their money versus spending their money on Amazon or anything else. And you know, it's it's your job as the director to convince people that you know that's that's a, a thing they won't regret. They want to you know be able to um, drive people drive traffic to the area. And of course that goes along with making sure that the area is desirable. So, you know, hopefully you have the funds to do, um, a maintenance program of some kind or, um, some other, some other thing that, that, you know, drives people to that area. Um, so that if they're just there for an event, but they maybe have never spent time, um, on Western Avenue before, then, you know, all of a sudden they go, oh, you know, check this out. There's a really great spice shop here. Or I didn't know that this flower shop existed. Or, you know, I had no idea that this place had happy hour beers. Like, it, it, it's just a, an opportunity for them to see that that is a, a place where they want to spend time. And of course, you know, there's lots that go into that to make sure that that district is um, a desirable space. So talk about that just just a bit. What so what does make it a desirable space? Well, and in you know when you, when we talk about placemaking, we're talking about the various um, the various feels of the district. So it's it goes a little bit beyond 
you know, let's make sure we have a great bar and, um, you know, let's make sure that there's shopping on, on Saturdays for, um, you know, people to browse around. It also, um, you know, kind of plays deeper into what makes a place desirable, what makes it feel, um, like a place where you could, you could spend a couple of hours. And some of that is, um, some of that is actually, um, infrastructure and structural as far as like, very wide sidewalks and um, slower traffic, trees, um, and then a lot of those kind of design aspects to it, like pleasing, um, you know, landscaping uh, banners that kind of alert you that you're in the sign, these wayfinding signs that show you where to go. Um, and everything is designed, um, you know, just like just like your shopping mall, um, just like Penn Square or some of your bigger um, Galleria-style malls and Westfields and whatnot. They're all designed to, you know, create an atmosphere for a um, a person to want to stay there and spend money, um, and that's, you know, that's kind of the um, the the way that a district is working at, at like I said, a more grassroots level. And um, you also can't forget that there's there's a lot of services in these districts as well, and um, things like dentist office and auto shops and and places where um, you know they're also fighting for the attention and the the real estate, um, as well. So, um, you kind of want to create this, this all encompassing feel, um, with your district that, that, you know, makes people want to spend time there, um, you know, sit on a patio or just stroll around with their dog. House was on this corner and, and, you know, the blinds were closed, you know, the, the, the landscaping was set up to kind of block out that. And it was funny because his response was, I actually like being on a busy corner you know he was like that was a selling point for him about the home and Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting that 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 actually is more common the more and more people that i tour you know in in the you know um newer generation right um the millennials if you will um they you know being in this urban core and being around other people and being embedded in humanity is something that's growing more and more and more. And I think that we saw that, you know, in the 1930s and the 1940s, as we look at history, that was an important part of a city growing was that people could commune together and people could converse. You know, I get this question where it's like, why are there chain link fences in the backyards of Oklahoma city houses? And it's like, well, there used to not always be air conditioning. You know, and people would go outside on hot days to get out in the wind and get out from the hot house, and they would actually talk with their neighbors. They would discuss yeah. across these fences. So these privacy fences, you know, didn't you wouldn't think to do that because you you actually knew your neighbor, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's very exciting to see you know these districts where people are wanting to buy there because they want to walk to where other people are. They want to be involved with other people. So I think the main push here, too, is like, how do we create a space where people can be together at their own pace, though? I think you Mm -hmm. talk about wider sidewalks. You talk about, um, you know, I think that's important, too, because instead of being crammed into this small little, you know, normal sidewalk or normal space where you, you, you almost get forced to be too close to someone, you can kind of have enough space between each other to where you do feel a sense of security, but then mm. there's the element of, 
you still have yourself on display to other people. And I think that's an exciting thing about going out to a mall, per se, than going on Amazon.com. You actually yeah. can dress up, you know, yeah. you can make a date out of it. Um, well, and that's that's important to millennials. Um, you know, the, the whole idea of, of being seen and um, being social, that is very important to millennials. And you'll, you'll find um, in every neighborhood in Oklahoma City, you have a mix of people right now. You have the older generation that does not like the encroachment of, um, of this, you know, kind of uh, increase in business and increase in um, visitation to those businesses. You know, on the one hand, they want, they want those businesses to succeed, but they don't like these big events that bring them in, or they don't like, you know, the increase in traffic that it causes. Um, and so they're kind of fighting that dichotomy, but then, um, you have the millennials that live in those same neighborhoods that are just loving it. You know, you've crown Heights for, for, um, an example is, you know, this, this very nice, well-to-do area that is, um, really well mixed between old generation and new generation. And, um, a lot of those new parents in that area, they're, you know, they're putting their kids in their strollers and they're heading down to Western Avenue. Um, and they're enjoying that they have a neighborhood restaurant that they can go and eat at and, and get a, you know, get a nightcap at at Lobby Bar or, um, you know, and they're, they're enjoying, you know, being able to um, go pick fresh flowers and, um, you know, check out, you know, various boutiques that are in the area and uh, a concert or, or whatever else is happening. And they're just right there next to their house. And that's very um, appealing what they like to do, you know? Yeah. And it just reemphasized to me to, to then begin to ask those questions. Now, when we're home shopping, you know, what, what is it that your lifestyle is like, you know, like what, what is it that you do with your life? Cause I think more people now are choosing a home based upon what they actually do, you know, then, then, well, I just, I, I like the, I like the way the bedroom's laid out. Da, 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 da. No, it's more like, Hey, you know, I like the way the size of the the you know the yard to where my dog can can we can play our fetch game or we eat breakfast every day together i do want a breakfast nook you know mm -hmm. that's really driving it more than anything so i think designing the the landscape based upon the lifestyle is so important and i think that's where you're like right on the money is let's design a space to to with the lifestyle in mind first you know, mm -hmm. I think what they've done in the plaza with all the street art and allowing the local artists to, in essence, graffiti, you know, the local landscape uh -huh. has given it such character and richness that, I mean, I'm originally from Austin, Texas, and it reminds me the heck out of Austin, Texas, which yeah. is an incredible city, you know. So that movement, that hipster crowd that's coming to Oklahoma City or that's even just birthing out of Oklahoma City um, has been just incredible to watch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and it's happening all over the country. Um, and, and then now, you know, with social media, we get to see all of it as well. So, um, you know, areas like the Plaza District go, um, which had maybe been, you know, uh, it, it, it's just that by sharing it and, and, you know, everybody else seeing what is happening in that area, it makes it more desirable. Um, and, and of course, uh, some of that is, you know, marketing and, and, you know, trying to drive people to that area 
but a lot of it is just, you know, creating this, this comfortable space where, um, you just know that you're going to, you're going to go there and you're going to have fun, even if it's just to eat pizza or, um, you know, check out a band, but you're also going to stroll around and check out the artwork and, um, you know, uh, all of the different murals that are up and, um, you know, and, and maybe then you also pop into a shop and spend a little money at that small business owner's shop. Um, and that's, you know, that's the, the goal is to, you know, create a desirable space. So can you talk for a minute about class and curve? What, you know, some amazing things going on there. What, how did, how's that? I mean, that's a unique uh, you know, that almost looks like that area is from a different city. I mean, that's... it does. Yeah, it's um, and, and class and curve is technically part of Western Avenue. Uh, Western Avenue is a, is a very long district. It goes all the way up to Wilshire Avenue. Um, so it's um, it's it's about three miles long. Um, and so it also includes the uh, shopping area of class and curve, the triangle Um and and even actually includes that little area over there called Chartel Station off of 50th and Chartel. And the reason for that is because, um, you know, in the absence of any other um, kind of kind of merchant district in the area, that that just seemed like a natural fit. Um, but Class and Curve was designed and developed um, to be a a premier destination, uh, shopping area. Um, and it, and it mimics the, um, the kind of areas that you see in North Dallas, um, where, you know, they, they really wanted that kind of, um, that kind of fine shopping experience in the heart of Oklahoma city. Um, so that, you know, you don't have to travel to Dallas to, to find some of the higher end, um, designs and, um, you know, higher end, um, retailers that you would if you were to you know have to go to Dallas or um even you know some of the the shopping centers in Edmond um and Norman you know they 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 wanted to create this kind of area right there and and also it was created to um sort of mix and mingle with Chesapeake as well I was going to say they're 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 getting up there with competitiveness even with Trader Joe's so Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's definitely a change going on. So that, that whole area is super cool to hang out with, uh, yeah. hang out in, uh, which by the way, that soccer field that's behind the Whole Foods, my four-year-old and I went up there to run, run around and, and kick the soccer ball. And I guess you have to be like, you have to have an employee badge yes. to, <laughs> to be on that field. And like the, the security came out and they were like legit, like they pulled yeah. up in this big SUV and they got out with their sunglasses on. I mean, we thought like, you know, the CIA was here or something and they're like, you know, you can't be on this soccer field. And, you know, so I definitely think that Oklahoma City is missing some public spaces. I think that's the next big push is like, let's get some green spaces there. I know Devon Energy did a great job of of really attracting that whole, um, you know, green space they have around their structure there and and Mm -hmm. the splash pad and, and this kind of environment. I love that. I dig that. Um, well, and, and, you know, for Western Avenue, we actually have Memorial Park there at the very beginning of the district, um, off of 36, um, and, and, uh, between like Western and Classen, And it is, um, it has been revamped recently. It is an amazing park. Uh, we used it for part of our Harry Potter festival, um, 
<clears throat> we have, um, and, and I don't believe they're doing it this year, but for um, a couple years in a row, we threw the uh, Harry Potter Festival. It was called Wizards on Western this last time. It happened in November. And um, I actually flew back from California to help run that Um but it's, it, you know, we utilized Memorial Park down there off of uh, 36th and Western, and it's just a lovely green space. But um, And we used to use that soccer field behind uh, Whole Foods as well for On the Lawn, which is a really fun event. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that soccer field definitely has a purpose. <laughs> it's good to hear. Uh, listen, we're running out of time here on the show today. I, I wanted to just ask, what for families that are looking in the area and trying to find uh, maybe identify a district that's growing versus um, closing off, um, what are some things that they can look for in order to find out if a district is truly increasing in participation or not? Um, I, I mean, one thing would be is to, to check and see if there is a merchant association, a business improvement district, some kind of um, some kind of organization behind those shops in that area. And that would be a good indicator that there is um, some source of funding that will help improve that area. Um, and then also to kind of notice what kind of new business is coming in. Is it, is it a business that's going to be a high turnover business, like a vape shop or a cell phone repair shop? Or are we talking like businesses that are really going to have a steady influx of um, of customers like a, like a coffee shop or um, a grocery you know, store. A, a grocery store. A grocery store is is I know very very hard to find in the urban core of Oklahoma City. Um, but you know, is is there some sort of um, you know convenience store located nearby? Um, and and you know how how much are you seeing um, movement in each of these places? Does it look kind of stale and stagnant, or does it look like there's life in that area? That there is um, activity, and you know, have you pedestrian traffic, cars, um, you know, people coming in and out of shops, even on a even on a standard work day? You know, what does that look like there? Um, you know, and if if they're aware of any, um, you know concerted efforts towards an event or something in that area as well, because that's going to, um, you know, drive business and traffic to that area and create something that you may want to go visit. Um, so that's, you know, kind of a, a key, a key thing to look out for is, you know, is there some sort of organization to this, um, which most of these, you know, shopping areas in Oklahoma city are, are, are definitely, um, moving in that direction, if not already organized by an association and a district of some kind. So, um, you know, we are just about out of time on the show today here. Wow. A lot of information here to swallow. You, you know, the work that you're doing now is, and continue, you know, you've done in the past and then you're continuing to do is really amazing. And I, you know, I hate to say, well, I, 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 I like to say this, no matter how polarized this statement is, whether you're Republican or Democratic, but you are making America great again. <laughs> for real, though, for those that may not understand what you do, could you tell a little bit about what you do for your current company, Civitas? Um, I'm a project manager. So um, it, we are a legal and consulting firm. So what we do is we do the legal um, and all of the the 
endless paperwork that is required to actually form these kinds of districts um, all over the country. And um, in California, we're the premier um, consulting firm on um, on forming both property-based districts like Western Avenue and Plaza District, um, Paseo, um, as well as uh, forming tourism improvement districts. Um, and and there are none currently in Oklahoma, and we are we are actually actively working with a few um, uh, visitor bureaus in in the state of Oklahoma to form a tourism improvement district, which is um, something you would see maybe in California known as like, um, you know, visit San Diego or um, visit Anaheim, for instance, where uh, it's an entire city based um, a city based uh, funding source. But we help we help form those kinds of districts legally through um, either the city or the or the county in which they're formed. Um, And, you know, I'm just kind of working on the ground level with, with, um, a lot of different individual, um, organizations all over, uh, the West coast. So. Well, Rachel, I really appreciate having you on the show today. Uh, you are a patriot and it is such an honor to hear what you're doing and for you to share what you're all about. Uh, thanks. You're welcome. Anytime. Please stay in touch. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, and this concludes episode six of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Please, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or you'd like to hear something specific on the show, you can email me at landon at premieragentokc.com. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening, you have a great day. <laughs>